Hello and welcome to this week's Image Comics Reviews. Every single week, Image Comics sends us their books early so that we can review them for you all day and date. Uh, we have a full house. All the pals are here. So that's Pete. Yo. Marco. Hey, hello. Kale. It's me. Phil. Four. And I'm Sean. Uh, today, we're here to talk about Primordial number one and Time Before Time number five. These are the two books that we were most excited about this week coming from Image Comics. Uh, and if there are books that you feel like we should have talked about that we won't be, write in and let us know. And if there's books you want us to talk about next week, write in and let us know. You can do that by hitting us up in the comment section below, writing to us at the gmail.com. We're very accessible and we respond to everything. So while you're thinking about us, leave us a follow rating and a review wherever it is. And if you're on YouTube, subscribe, subscribe for free, like the video, share it with your friends. All that stuff's free and it helps us out a ton. Now, let's get into Primordial number one. This is Jeff Lemire with Andrea Sorrentino and Dave Stewart. This is the first Jeff Lemire joint that I have read in quite some time. Uh, and uh, boy, am I glad that I did. This was awesome, I thought. Yeah, I love this too. I was real bullish on it. For the main show, I put it in my pals pools, which I don't think I've ever done for a book that we've read weekly like that before, like upcoming. Um, this is terrific. This is just my wheelhouse. It's space race, mid-20th century. Uh, it's like an alternate United States, which I'm always a sucker for. There's a part in this where um, they allude to President Nixon, and I'm like, wait a second. This is like 1960. Oh, he beat Kennedy. Okay. Okay. And there's just a lot of kind of that geopolitical stuff kind of woven into the subtext. But most of all, guys, the art. Some of these pages were insane. Yeah. What a great book. Yeah. Yeah, I, I similarly found a lot to enjoy. <clears throat> um, I think at first... I, I felt a little alienated by it. Um, I, I felt I, I had a hard time grounding myself in the story, I think, right away. Like there were things that were confusing me, but I felt like by the end of the issue it had all totally snapped into place. And it like those felt like choices, right? Like the way that it kind of gives you flashes of scenes out of context and stuff like that. It's like very cinematic, you know, um, and uh once once I once the broader picture clicked into place for me, I I kind of felt myself jump on board a little bit, you know, where I was like, Oh, okay, all right, like this isn't this isn't obtuse uh or 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 written in a way that's confusing just on its face, right? It's trying to it's trying to get me in a rhythm with it and and, and give me um the story in a very specific way. And, and I, I vibed with that. And, and I think a big part of it um, is a lot of the stuff that Phil outlined. I really enjoyed the art. I think the colors here um, from Dave Stewart are awesome. Uh, and it really enhances, I think, the period piece energy to it. Like those kinds of more flat, basic colors. Something about it just, it does a good job of giving me that kind of tone of that time. Um, and I like how that's contrasted with the stuff in space that feels like it's colored like a little bit more modernly. Um, yeah, very, very cool. Uh, there's a lot of bold striking pages here, but I think 
even just beyond that, uh, I I got interested and hooked by the mystery, you know, and and mm-hmm. I think uh, alternate history is definitely something that also works for me quite a bit because you know I, I I talk about it all the time on on you know the Marvel and DC stuff. I like What If, I like Elseworlds, I like things that take. Uh, what I know and subvert those expectations, you know, that I've always find that to be inherently kind of a rewarding process in a story. Um, So the fact that it has that layered in with this greater, you know, cosmic entity or threat or mystery or or whatever, I don't even know yet. um, There's a lot of intrigue here for me. So I think the fact that I found that much, to be interested in and, and, and cling on to on top of the fact that I think it's a very visually engaging book. Yeah. I, I think this is a, a strong number one. You know, I, I don't, I wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't necessarily like a 10 out of 10 for me quite yet, but I, I feel like there's a lot of promise here. Oh, full compliments to Jeff Lemire for his scripting. I think, I think one of the hardest things any writer in, in comic books can do is write an effective number one issue because you have to find a way to loop new readers in, give them the gist of what's going to happen, but also make it narratively compelling on its own. And I think Jeff Lemire does a fantastic job of, of setting up a mystery. And by the end, you know, it's a good payoff that raises only more questions. The... Um... I agree with everything you guys are saying from a story perspective. The um, uh, something just to add on to the art, it, it all felt very like graphic designy in that the use of like bende dots, these like different layers and stuff. Um, there are no outlines like in any of the uh, panels, characters. Everything is all just color against color. And I thought that was uh, super effective to build the mood. Things are just kind yeah. of bleeding into each other and uh it made it feel like a mystery noir book uh the sci-fi pages like pete mentioned with like the different colors and the variations there uh and then towards the end the contrast uh the last like three pages uh like three four pages um where all of a sudden you see that the 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 bodies and the things that we interact with on the page have outlines is such like a distinct jump in uh in art that it feels like you do cross a dimension because you go from these uh these these uh forms with no borders to forms that do and uh then seeing the like the individual details and seeing the the wrinkles on like the monkey's faces or on the suits um yeah everything and this issue just like drove the narrative, uh, art and story. I didn't, I didn't pick up on the, um, the outline bit of it, like on those on that last page until you just pointed that out. That's a really, really good uh, call out there, Marco. Neat stuff. Yeah, um, I'm a sucker for a lot of things, but two of those things are conspiracies. And animals that can talk. Hell yes. Let's <laughs> has both. Let's go like over. I don't have anything. I don't need to say anything else. If you like conspiracies and animals that talk, this book is for you. Instant buy. <laughs> I, I'm, I mean, nothing happens. You just, this whole issue is just about finding out 
you know, that there's that, that the world, this world is different than ours in certain aspects. I think uh, Lemire does a great job of utilizing context clues and things like that to fill us in on that. This is an alt history story. Um, and, and so, you know, hats off. But then I also really like the main character, Donald. And, you know, we don't, it, there's not an inordinate amount of character work done here, but he's a, a, a black guy in 1961 you know, who has a PhD, but when he walks in, they think he's the janitor, you know? Um, yeah. And that is a, you know, it's a, again, a clue into the world we're in, but it also helps to uh, generate sympathy. Hopefully you feel sympathetic for the guy <laughs> who is, is, is the target of racism. Hopefully that's where you're at. Yeah. Um, and if it is, then you're definitely going to care about him and sympathize with him as he deals with this situation um that he is in and and gets kind of wrapped up in this conspiracy that is interesting and it's all based on these animals the idea that they uh that they you know were sent into space as part of the space program and you know they didn't die uh but they were they were taken like taken by who you know or by that's what a, that's yeah taken <laughs> by what like i'm in yeah um and then yeah, you know, one of my all-time favorite comic book characters is Cosmo the Space Dog in Marvel. You give me an animal, you send him to space, and now he can talk. He's Russian uh, too. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you, get, you get Laika here, who's the real dog that the Soviet Union sent in the space in the fifties. I'm ready to see her adventures. Let's go. Oh, that was real. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh wow. Are and these... uh, and we sent a monkey into space. So I was gonna say, are these monkeys based on the real monkeys we sent? think so i don't know that i, I knew we are. did that but i didn't know their names yeah i think I, they are that's I'm cool double, i'm gonna do the little history check hold on man sorrentino is just on another fucking level incredible yeah like i don't <laughs> i don't feel like we've served the art enough um i mean like he's he's up there doing shit like jh williams just third level brain you know, oh my it's God. incredible. Like the the page of the, you know, like the the kind of um, what are you showing us, Phil? Oh, it's a it's a space monkey. Oh, okay, it's a real one. There's a whole Wikipedia on apes in space. I'm gonna have wow. to. That's where the rest of my afternoon's going. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the 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 two pages of of the actual event. Um, of the apes, you know, kind of like getting heated up or attacked or whatever, and then there's like there's just the ape in the background screaming with the yeah. the ease going through, and that that is like it's so bold, and like again, the fact that the page before that is you know that style that we see kind of throughout the book where it's with you know we don't have these outlines it's like this muted like brown tone you know um a lot of shadow and then we get to this insane you know uh bright yellow and the text is, is this weird purple and the monkey's green and there's these little cutouts of red and it, it just creates such a strong dynamic contrast between you know these two settings within the book um and i really really like that you know it, it gives it such a strong uh mood you know and it helps you get in the mindset of how you're supposed to be feeling moment to moment it really evokes like a very 2001 a space odyssey feeling yeah which i'm a real yeah. sucker for anything like that 
Um, also, just kind of some of the scripting, just very effective where where he's being talked where, where um, our, our main character is being talked to by a man in the backseat of his car. And of course, he wonders if he's KGB. And, you know, it, it really kind of shines a light where we've been going for 20 some issues at this point. And he says, like, why do you think the United States and the USSR pulled out of the space race over a couple animals not coming back? If anything, you would think they would send more animals because of what they found. And that's like, yeah, maybe I butchered the scripting, but the way Lemire does it, it's very, very effective. Also, Baker and Abel, real monkeys. Nice. Thank you. Oh, wow. Um, I really that's a that's a good point, Phil. And, and I love how, you know, it, it's similar to the the moment that Sean brought up in terms of like, you know, when um uh, Dr. Pembroke uh, is like, you know, the guy thinks he's the janitor or whatever, right? And like, that's like a script character moment that informs us, but yep. doesn't have to spell it out, right? In the same way where like when the, the guy's in the back of his car, right? My immediate, like the voice I heard in my head for him was American, right? But he's like, well, who do you think I am? He's like, oh, you're with the KGB. And I'm like, oh, he's Russian. Okay, so he has an accent. And you don't have to write, Oh, oh, da, yes, uh, you know, like that kind of, you know, uh, that's the other way to get across the fact that a character's Russian, right? Um, yeah. And, and yeah. I very much appreciated that in the way that this issue is scripted, where I don't, I don't feel like Lemire feels like he needs to spoon feed things to us. He's confident enough in the reader and in how he's writing that you'll you'll keep up and yeah, i did he, he doesn't need to bludgeon you over the head with things like uh we don't need a, a stark raving screaming racist person in here it's just a little piece of dialogue that tells you everything you need to know about what's going on in the culture yeah exactly uh subtlety mm-hmm. you know nuance it's an exactly. art <laughs> i I really can't wait to see where this goes. Like this was so cool and refreshing. I don't feel like, I mean, I guess you got department of truth, which is a conspiracy book and uh, it's different, but you know, it's a conspiracy book. So maybe that's in right now. Um, But uh, this felt fresh. This felt fresh. It felt unique. And uh, I can't wait for more. So I would, I would say definitely pull this, go, go, go get this. Uh, If, if for nothing more than the talking animals. Yes, sir. Pull it for sure. Definitely. Uh, it's also definitely my book, my my pick for between these two books. Um, Same. Let's let's talk about time before time. So we skipped a month with this. Uh, we just had a lot of other books, and we needed to bump something, so we bumped this. Uh, this is, of course, by Declan Shalvey with Rory McConville uh, writing. Uh, Joel Palmer on art, Chris O'Halloran doing the colors, and Hassan Atman El Hal doing the letters. Uh, so I needed a refresher on this one because uh, I, I was struggling with the names in particular. Um, and I, I don't know what it is about this book, but I just can't remember anyone's name. Uh, the only guy I can kind of remember is Tatsuo, the main, the main character. Um, but he finds himself in a weird spot in this issue. Uh, where he has been forced to go deep, deep into the future uh, to recover something. Don't even really know what it was. Um, it's basically a punishment job. 
for all the shenanigans that he's been pulling this whole time. And I got to say, this issue had me on a roller coaster um, of different emotions. It went all over the place in the best way. This was great. Yeah, yeah. I, I really dug this issue. Um, the, the Oscar inclusion. I was going to say, that, that was excellent. I, it, it evokes like a feeling of like, what if you did stumble upon a friend of yours who died? Like, uh, you know, I feel like a trope is more like you stumble upon someone, you know, who died and it's a big drawn out thing. You really draw attention to the fact that like right. it's talking at heart springs. Like he tries to play it like this is a normal everyday thing. And then the fact that he immediately yeah. runs in and, and cries. I was like, oh, my fucking God. Like mm-hmm. and I, I had the thought it made me want to go back and doesn't his friend get stuck in the future because someone takes his pod? Yep. So I, I went back. It was an issue one, um, but he he says he gets captured by uh, these people working on like farm picking up some sort of berry, and because it was a berry, I assumed that this is the same sort of situation it was in, and it was in the thirty four hundreds. They didn't specify what year, but they said, uh, "Let me tell you, they do not like smugglers in the thirty four hundreds." Okay, and that's all that they say. Because uh, I was having the thought, time. I was like. Is Tatsuo the reason he gets stuck? That would have been fucked up. Right? Like, I was like, did he do that by accident? Like, yeah. Yeah, that's a vibe I got, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't seem like it's confirmed necessarily, but uh, the jobs are very similar. My question, too, was that they brought up the thing about the paradox, and I'm like, can you not create a paradox because something bad will happen, or is there, like, the time police going to come for you or whatever? You know, like, because, like, why couldn't he just save him? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think just the general, like, logic uh, that comes with time travel where, you know, you can't change things yeah. that are supposed to happen. Mm. Um, that was a that was a powerful moment. And, Absolutely. you know, we talked about subtlety in the last uh, the last with Primordial. This moment, as Phil points it out, was not overplayed. Um, mm. it, it really wasn't. And what was so heartbreaking too, although I think maybe we can read into it, was when Oscar tells him, you know, I know things are tough right now. I know it's pretty shit. No spoilers, but believe me, it gets better for us. Much, much better. Just hang in there, okay? Why would he say that? What moment prior to this is he referring to? And is this possibly somehow Oscar like not screwed up like like this is this is oscar oscar well uh it's been a while since i've read the first issue but isn't this the kind of thing he's telling him constantly in the first issue because like their lives suck yeah just like oh okay maybe you're right yeah he's like a eternal optimist type guy right yeah i kind of got the vibe that it was like a sad foreshadowing right okay yeah because tatsuo knows that that's not how it plays out yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I thought that too, but I also thought maybe there's something else going on here. It um, could be is the thing. It's it's a time travel story, right? Like it could swerve like us, us like that, um, right? And and maybe he's always like that, even from the first issue, because he's trying to tell him something. Yeah, so maybe. I love that. It, it could be both. Love that. Yeah, um, I think either way, it's a compelling moment, which is the yes. best part of it. Right, is if it means nothing else but what we just got, that's fine. Like it was, it was a good emotional beat. Mm-hmm. Um, I also liked how, 
the the last couple issues have been moving a little bit quicker um and i feel like it's been it's been making good use of the fact that it kind of laid groundwork for us like that moment right like that was an emotional moment that paid off um you know issues later uh i think similarly having us the reader know that helgi um was the one who screwed over um uh uh, uh what's her name um the Zadia. fbi agent Nadia. Yeah. Nadia. Yeah. Thank you. Um, you know, was the one who like screwed over her family all those years ago. Yeah. Um, was like, oh shit. Um, and part of me actually was wondering at the end of the issue, was it him or was it his dad? Actually. Uh, I feel like in the last issue, she says you, and he's like, yeah, me. Yeah, um, I think so. And I thought that that was supposed to say, like, they both know who they are. Okay, because I, w- I wasn't sure if it was that or if he was just, like, being an asshole. Could have been. Right. You know? Because that, that could be a bit of a red herring. I don't know. Um, but either way, fuck that guy. And I was super happy to see him get taken out. <laughs> uh, especially by Nadia. Yeah, he's a douche. But they do look the was. exact same. Yeah, that's the thing, right? It's like when they showed him, I'm like, yo, because this was a while ago, right? Like, how old was Helgi? I don't know. It could could be that. In which case, that would be crazy because that adds a whole other layer to this feud now, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I guess, like, you say a while ago, and, like, I guess, but I don't because of the time travel aspect like i don't know it's hard to say i guess yeah you know and that's that's something that i don't think they want us to get too in the weeds about thinking so it probably is just it was a long time ago like you say but i don't know doesn't have to be yeah fair right. point what um, do you guys what do you guys think of the art though i'm still loving it um, yeah yeah i i, I like the 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 colors i like the thick shadows i like the elongated faces oddly enough um i think it's i think it does good work it's like hit or miss for me like i think sometimes it hits really well but other times uh, especially when the characters are kind of more to like if it was a camera angle like a mid-range where you can see all the characters in the shot or whatever it's rough i I think I agree with you in terms of it being hit or miss. There are times where I really like uh, Joe Palmer's work, and there are times where it, it does sometimes feel a little off. Um, just some some of the modeling, I guess. Um, but I I think Chris O'Halloran's colors really pull it all together for me. Like yeah. I think the color work is so strong um, that it kind of carries me through the moments where the line work isn't working for me as much. Um, and allows me to like, when I think about the issue, I think about the pages that really work, not the ones that, you know, have weaker spots. Cause I, I don't disagree with, with the, um, observation that you've made. It's just, I don't know, I guess for whatever reason, there's enough about what else is on the page that's working for me that I'm kind of willing to, you know, um, just go with it. I was with you, Phil, on this one in that I, I felt uh, there were times when I was like, ah, I don't know, this doesn't look too amazing. 
um, there were also parts that were really, really cool. So uh, the whole fight with Nadia and Helgi, I thought was was really good, well uh, choreographed, but also I thought well drawn. I thought it looked good, um, and I love the the boot when when she when she kicks the gun out of his hand and it just says boot. Yeah. Special effects there that was pretty good. Um, and like the one where he th- he throws her and it says toss or throw yeah it just says throw like <laughs> she's like upside down getting flung <laughs> yeah like that's that's really uh that's really fun um but there were also parts where i thought you know it didn't look so great and then also i kind of felt like the the moment where tatsuo goes to cry or where he is crying um i i didn't f- like it, it it worked the moment worked but i think it worked more because of what was happening than the art i thought the art could have sold it a little more mm. it was quick it, it was like a panel or something and then that's it like recompose himself yeah he didn't there were no tears in his eyes like it, you know he, in the the there's the three panel and the third one he's wiping a tear yeah he's like wiping but it's but like where, but in the first one where are the tears yeah no i'm with you yeah yeah, and so. even on that, right? He's wiping a tear. It's not like they're coming down his face, right? Um, one single tear for his friend. He's manly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Only the left eye. Um. So we know that this. Well, we know some things that you guys don't. So I'm That's trying right. to remember uh, what we can say. They talk about it at the back of the in the back of the book oh okay 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 uh i didn't i didn't see that so what did they say then uh that declan's doing issue six hell yes okay cool yeah yeah Yeah. so this is like so this i think is the end of the first arc yeah and then that issue declan is gonna do which is incredibly exciting we are doing Um, we're gonna be here for that yeah 100 percent. and then and then we're gonna get into whatever's next and i think at the time that we interviewed decker which you should definitely go check out he wasn't sure how long the series would get to be yeah right because you know just how things go um but at least we are it's it appears that we know we're going to get another arc so that's exciting yeah and then we're it, it absolutely deserves more of a leash here you know it's quite good yeah, or maybe it's really selling. You know, I actually don't know how well the book is doing. For some reason, I could I see this being a tough one. I, I, I see it being a harder sell. Um, and I think some of that has to do with the way it looks. Not because it looks bad. I just don't think it's inviting visually. Um, and then also, I think it's a little confusing. And it hasn't moved that much. But if you're reading it and you're invested in it, uh, it's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and- totally anecdotally, but looking at it on Comicsology, it looks like it has an average rating of about four. Well, I'm looking at issue number one has four point six. Issue number two's got five. Looks like people are digging it. Doesn't mean a lot of people are uh, are checking it out, but it's good yeah. to see that it, at least it's it seems to be pretty getting pretty warmly received. Yeah, and Declan's uh, got writing chops. To to the interview piece, uh, if you guys want to check out. Episode nice. two thirty six. Uh, it's a it's a good interview. Great time. He's he's a good conversationist. And we definitely uh, shoot the shit. I will. Oh yeah. I will say. I think um, 
just to respond to what Phil said, I I, I think we should probably uh, make sure we're giving as much uh, praise to Rory McConville, who, based on our conversation with Decla- Declan, um, seems to be doing the lion's share of the, the scripting work, and it's more like yeah. Declan is working on them with the story. Um, so not yeah. to take anything away from Declan, more to just yeah, to say, yeah. I think Declan himself would probably say Agreed. that the scripting, um, you know, praises is probably belonging more to Rory. Yes. Good point. Yeah, this is, this is definitely the good stuff. And and I would say, pull it, uh, pick up the trade. It's, it's, it's going to be worth your time. And, and it's an image book. So it's probably 10 bucks. Yeah. Right? The first trade is always 10 bucks, right? Like, right. So you really can't go wrong with a creative team like this, with a concept like this for $10 to try it out. I think you got to You got to pull the trigger. I, I think so. Do. Yeah. This has been one of my favorite books uh, this year to pull. I've really enjoyed it. Um, it is, it is a bit of a slow burn, but I feel like it warrants that because it's well-written, you know? Um, it, I don't feel like it needs to move uh, too much because it's done enough to sell me on what it's doing well already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. This was great. So uh, that's going to do it here for our Image Comics reviews this week. Thank you to Image for sending us these books uh, early so that we can review them for you on time. And thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. And if there are any books that you want us to be reviewing, write in and let us know. While you're thinking about us, leave us a follow, a rating, and a review wherever it is that you tune in. If that's YouTube, make sure you're subscribed, like the video, share it with your friends, and drop us a comment. Let us know what you're thinking. Uh, listen to our main show, The Comics Files, which drops every single Monday. On that show, we talk about the characters that you love from the comics in all the different places you can find them. Uh, we do news about them as well. So this week on our show, we talked about Batman's birthday, Batman Day, which is September 18th, and all the cool stuff that's going on there, and the Webtoon Batman series that just dropped, and Marvel's uh, Marvel Unlimited update, which presents us with a whole host of new series in the webtoon style so go check out our, our 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 most recent episode and give us your feedback on that as well and if you want our reviews of those books marvel and dc books that is listen every thursday for that thank you so much for tuning in i'm sean for the rest of the pals we are the comics pals signing off take care guys see you next week here's to talking animals yes